Welcome to this worship service at the Old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia. We hope you will join us some Sunday morning here in Old Town, Alexandria. Again, welcome. Good morning and welcome to worship on this Lord's Day. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, know that you are welcome here. And next Sunday, we will welcome back our pastor, Rocky Lehe, to the pulpit, um, keeping in mind that in his grieving while leading this con congregation, he may not be in the office every day or preaching quite as often, but we are all walking this journey together. The Lord be with you. Let us worship God. Today's Old Testament reading is from Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Listen for God's word. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord. For the Lord has a controversy with the people, and the Lord will contend with Israel. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? And what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt, and I redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam son of Boar answered him, and what happened from Shidom to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before the Lord with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions, 
the fruit of my body, for the son of my soul. The Lord has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Here ends the reading. Our second lesson this morning comes to us from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, a very familiar passage, so I'll be reading from the contemporary language version called The Message, in order that we might open our ears and our hearts anew. Listen again for God's word. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and God's rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. That food and drink is the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, Count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens, give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Passages this familiar can be hard to preach on because, well, they're so familiar. We risk tuning out, which is why I turn to the contemporary language version to help us move beyond bless their hearts blessings, to help stand in the shoes of those in Jesus' audience, then and now. These are tough but empowering words from both Micah and Matthew given to us after another tough week in the world. And so we come here for guidance, for community, for grace, for healing, 
to feel empowered to do something to help with God's reconciling work in our communities. Because it's just as easy to tune out what's going on in the world as it is in our Bibles. We've grown overwhelmed and sometimes even numbed by the news when God challenges us to open our ears and eyes and hearts and minds, even amidst the scary stuff going on in our congressional halls across the river, even in bearing witness in the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz, even in opening our grieving wounds for Rocky and his family, as we read of Kobe Bryant and so many others' tragic deaths this week, including his daughters. Even in the news of the coronavirus spreading, the rise of nuclear threats in India and Pakistan, earthquakes and wildfires around the world, a record 69,550 children held in detention at our borders in 2019 alone. Even in the realization that we've been distracted by impeachment proceedings, while our leaders are taking steps to unravel our nation's safety nets that support people like Jesus preaches about in his Sermon on the Mount. And his message, while plenty pastoral, is as prophetic as Micah's and loaded with as much for us today as it was two millennia ago. God has long spoken to us through prophets like Micah to the Israelites after the disaster of the Assyrian invasion in the north and Babylonian sacking of the south. And these powerful commands, do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God, echo throughout the Gospels too, where the author of Matthew imagines a heaven on earth for all who will listen and embrace the reversal of political, social, and economic realities of the poor in spirit, the hungry, the outcast, the marginalized, almost everyone. Because every community across time has been a combination of the disempowered and the powerful, the unemployed and the wealthy, the hurting and the joyful. To be blessed by God is to stand before God and have nothing but God. Think about it. Blessed are the peacemakers is revolutionary, shocking. It's so beyond, well, bless their little hearts. Can we really imagine a world where peacemakers are valued? What would Congress say? What is it really like to hear from Jesus' lips, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope? With less of you, there is more God and God's rule. What does it mean to wake up and remember that you're blessed when you care? At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. As for peacemakers in your Pew Bible version, how does it feel to be blessed by God when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight? That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Last week, as God's faith family, we explored Jesus' call to the disciples, inviting them to cast wider nets and fish for people to spread God's good news. I invited us to commit to one thing each of us felt called to now to build up God's kingdom, to follow Jesus wherever he leads. 
This week we might reframe that question as, how do we do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God? Or how can we be a blessing to others to walk in their shoes rather than just talking about their sorrows to others? Bless their hearts. All the slips of blue paper you returned to God and the offering plates have been in my office this week, and I've been praying over each one of them and praying for each one of you. Even as we all continue to pray for Rocky and his family, asking, why, God, why? We respond as we believe God might, which is what I read in your papers, your vows, your blessings. Take food to the lehes. Write notes of condolence more often. So many of you made promises about walking with others compassionately in grief, because that's where we are. One I left on the top of the stack all week was illustrated, too. I'm guessing by one of our youth, but I could be wrong. I promise I will give money and food to the people who need it most. There were a lot in this category. A half dozen of you felt called to pledge or give more to support the church and its ministries. Thank you. Eric Johnson, our stewardship and finance moderator, would like your names and numbers, but I think the promise is plenty. You committed to listening for God, being in prayer more, alone and with others, including our children. One specifically promising to pray for someone I love and someone I dislike. You vowed to read the Bible more. A surprising number of folks committed to praying for reconciliation in our country and our communities. Lots of the notes promised to focus more on being kind sharing God's good news, to be the servant the Lord deserves, to say, I love you more often, to do one thing a week to surprise a stranger and make their day. About half expressed feeling called to specific ministries at the meeting house by volunteering at Carpenter's Shelter, Alive, Open Table, Meals on Wheels, participating in the Prison Visitation Ministry, Tutoring Consortium, the Reformed Institute, teaching Sunday school, leading bridges to worship, serving as a deacon, again, I'd love names and contact info, ushering, teaching an adult ed class, sharing my musical gifts, there were several of those, so please speak to Stephen, supporting the youth programs, helping with the women's and men's breakfasts, and training as a Stephen minister. Then there were a handful of ways you felt called to do justice outside these walls offering pro bono legal work, or helping children in emergency situations. There were quite a few about loving kindness, like finding peace and patience within myself and others. And one of the simplest and most direct, love more. Walking humbly with God jumped out at me across so many of your responses, especially one that committed to stepping outside my comfort zone and making a difference in someone's life. Amen. Isn't that what our scripture passages are all about? Us serving as God's hands and hearts and heads following Jesus' lead. Finally, one that I'm pretty sure came from one of our confirmands, I will maybe pay a little more attention in church. <laughs> Amen and alleluia. 
Our youth are not alone. We all need to pay more attention, to live compassionately, to wake up every morning blessing one another. These are our beatitudes, which are rooted in our compassion. The late theologian Henry Nouwen talked about compassion as something that grows with the inner recognition that your neighbors share your humanity with you. This partnership cuts through all walls which might have kept you separate, across all barriers of land and language, wealth and poverty, knowledge and ignorance. We are one, created from the same dust, subject to the same laws now and wrote, destined for the same end. Ultimately, being compassionate with others demands we practice compassion with ourselves first. So we ask for forgiveness and pass God's peace in worship. We gather together to share in God's abundance and grace every time we share the Lord's Supper, as we will do shortly, recognizing that we are each a part of the body of Christ. How can one part not love another? We are all blessed by God. People like you and me who are at the end of our rope. People who've lost what or who is most important to us. People who are content with who we are and what we have. People who hunger to know God even better. People who care. People who are open-hearted. People who model cooperation. People whose commitment to God might just make other people feel uncomfortable. People who bear joyful witness to God working in the world, even when the truth is hard for others to handle. God's truth is hard to swallow, but it's not complicated. Follow me, Jesus said. In fact, the word translated as blessing throughout the passage literally means to find the right road or path, as in, you're headed in the right direction when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and God's rule. You're on the right path when you care. Through the Beatitudes, Jesus calls his followers, including us, in a long line of disciples, to follow his way, walk his walk. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Even the syntax of these blessings, the present tense followed by the future tense, bears witness to a world in which we are on a journey, finding the right way in which to follow Jesus. We journey together on this road. We take our part in God's work of hope and peace and reconciliation, doing justice, loving kindness, walking humbly with our God along the way. Systematic theologian E. Stanley Jones, who was nominated for the Nobel Prize for his reconciliation work, wrote, the Beatitudes are not a chart for Christian duty. They're a charter for Christian liberty. And what does our Christian liberty look like? You made the promises last week moving outside our comfort zones to give our talents and time and treasure by saying yes to serving on a committee that seems to have no relation to our skill sets. 
joining in one of our upcoming Lenten neighborhood discussion groups studying scripture, joining the Stephen ministers in praying for all in need as a community, volunteering to teach Sunday school, or serving as a youth advisor, taking a leap of faith to increase our financial giving, sharing and celebrating all the work of our global mission partners, our advocacy groups, as well as our many local hands-on opportunities for service. Yes to each and every one. We are all blessed when we care for all of those among us and all across the globe. When we make an effort to engage in change, following God's laws and being compassionate enough to change our own strongly held traditions and ways of doing things. We need to stop trying to maintain the status quo. Jesus didn't. Micah didn't. They spoke God's enduring truth. God is God and we are not. Trust in God. Follow what God calls us to do and who God calls us to be. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray together. God, we gather on this Super Bowl Sunday, this Groundhog's Day, this date that is a rare palindrome and that is even a birthday for some. In the midst of all of this, we gather mindful most of all that this is the Lord's Day, that this and every day are a gift from you. We gather to remember, to notice, to worship, to open our hearts, and to recenter ourselves in your love, your truth, your way. We gather absorbing words such as justice, kindness, righteousness, humility, meekness, mercy, peace, blessed. We gather remembering those who mourn, those who are persecuted, those who are poor, and those poor in spirit. We gather, God, and we pray. We pray for ourselves, lifting up to you all that is on our hearts and in our lives. We lift up to you our grief, our sorrow, our disappointments, our challenges, and the deepest yearnings of our hearts. We pray also, God, for those we love. We lift up to you each person in our life and their particular needs and their particular place. We pray, God, that your presence might be healing, sustaining, and leading in their lives. We pray for those who hunger and thirst for those who don't have a safe, warm place to live, for those who are struggling economically. We pray for all who are in need this day. We pray for our nation, lifting up our fear and frustration and anger and division. We pray, God, for your spirit here among us. Open our eyes to your way. Open our hearts to one another. Forgive us, 
Teach us. Guide us. We pray for our nation this day. We pray also, God, for our world, praying particularly for those who live in the midst of violence, for those who are oppressed and persecuted, for those living in fear or living as refugees. We pray for leaders of nations and peoples. We pray for the healing of the world. We pray, God, for peace. We pray for your creation. We pray for the suffering people and animals and land and the fires in Australia and in other disasters around the world. We pray, God, for a healing of the world and for a healing of our hearts and of our lives and our way of living that we might tread more lightly on this planet you have made. We pray, God, that you be with us as we venture out. We pray especially for those traveling to Cuba in this week ahead, that your spirit might be with them in this encounter, that your spirit might lead and nurture and sustain them, that you might bring them home to us so that they might share the blessing with us as well. And God, we lift our prayer to you, praying with people all around the world as you taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.